There's a game for both Ohio State and Penn State that's circled every year, and it's when the two teams face off on the football field. The game that's circled before the season is going to be played this weekend, and we're here to break it down for you in a crossover between the Locked On Buckeyes and Locked On Nittany Lions. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am the host of Locked On Buckeyes, Jay Stevens, joined with joined by Zach Seiko of Locked On Nittany Lions. We're here to provide the preview and breakdown of this big time matchup. Today's episode of Locked On Buckeyes and Locked On Nittany Lions is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Zach Seiko. You're here with us to break this big game down. Penn State's a team, 6-1 on the season, 3-1 in the Big Ten Conference, lost a big one to Michigan, came, bounced back in the wideout, really put the hurt on Minnesota a week ago. What is the story of this Penn State Indy Lions team in 2022? Jay, I'm glad we could connect for a crossover first and foremost here. Uh, The biggest story about this team is – where they are at this point six and one after last year they were seven and six uh james franklin and sean clifford it's a love-hate relationship right now you have the half of the fans that booed in the whiteout game and then you have the half that are defending them both and james franklin's made it very apparent that sean clifford's the guy it's not the backup five-star quarterback this season that they are going to make it through the remainder of the season that Sean Clifford's the best option. And and here they are. And it it is weird to me that there is a section of the fan base that is upset with a 13th overall ranking in both the AP and the coaches poll. Uh, You realistically, we're going to talk about this today, but realistically this team should at least finish 10 and two. If you're assuming that Ohio state wins this game, but you and I, that's why we're going to break it down today. Uh, But everyone at least optimistically, and I said this at the beginning of the year, that Penn State would finish 10-2 and uh, and they would get to a New Year's Six Bowl game. And why? what is there to complain about other than, well, this is just another season that they didn't make the national title game. Uh, It it is hard to make the national title game, uh, okay? uh, There's a select few. Alabama, uh, Ohio State, I hate to admit it, but Ohio State's in that conversation, and Georgia. It's not like there's a dozen other teams that cycle through this. It's really just uh, tight at the top. And then everybody else is trying to sneak in that one year. Uh, If the college football playoff were expanded, uh, Penn State definitely would have done it. How many seasons? But they're just, I I think we're at a point now where it's been nine years under James Franklin. You don't have the national title people who consider Penn State to be one of the best programs in the entire country. So they should play like it every single year, be 12 and 0, 11 and 1, whatever. Um, and that's kind of at least the story for me is that there are people that are realistic. And then there's people that are like, well, we need to go get somebody else and we need a different quarterback, a different head coach, different QB to get ourselves over the top. And uh, it's, it's hard to do that. Zach, I understand the overall goal and the appeal or the desire of fans to get to the promised land, but you just mentioned that you think, realistically, Penn State can finish 10-2. and Sean Clifford's been around a while. People know what kind of quarterback he is, and some may wonder if he is the kind of guy that can lead them to being 10-2, and 
And also, before getting to 10-2, and two, he has a game this weekend against Penn State. Is he a quarterback that Ohio State fans and Buckeye fans should fear in this game on Saturday? Uh, should you fear him necessarily? I, I think Sean Clifford, the best asset that he has is his mind. And James Franklin has said that. Gus Johnson made that apparent in the games that he's called for Purdue and Michigan on Fox. Uh, and he'll be calling this one on Saturday as well. The reason Sean Clifford is out there at starting quarterback, and, and I've admitted this, I don't know that he has the best arm in the room right now. Uh, I think, it, depending on how you want to break it down, critique it, in terms of arm strength, Drew Aller can fire a laser whenever he wants to. Uh, at times, he's inaccurate. But I think Sean Clifford is a little more accurate than Drew at this point. But he has six years of college football experience versus someone who's just out of high school. And the guy who's behind him is not far removed from high school as well. So I will take the six-year veteran. We have the extra COVID year and all the extra eligibility. Regardless of how he got here, why would you not want the guy who's seen literally everything and has performed well under most situations come from behind drive against Purdue? How many other quarterbacks would be able to do that? Not many. And on the road to start the season in conference play. Is Sean Clifford perfect? No, but is he the best quarterback that Penn State has to offer this season anyway? Yes, and it's a lot of other Big Ten teams, I can tell you, would take him. Maybe not necessarily in Ohio State or a Michigan, but I can honestly say that maybe a Minnesota with the way that they struggled in the whiteout game. Maybe a Northwestern would like a quarterback like this. That That's all I'm saying, you know. Um, is he uh, someone to be feared on Saturday? No, but he has players around him that should garner some uh, some more respect. And it's a it's a team game. Sean Clifford's better because there are better players around him this time around. Two more things for you here kind of quickly. Nicholas Singleton, he has been a guy who everyone has gotten acquainted with. They know his name. He is a really good running back. Ohio State's defensive front has been very, very tough, very physical, and it's been hard to run the ball against them. How do you think that matchup between Singleton and really the Penn State running game as a whole versus Ohio State's rushing attack, how do you think that matchup will go down on Saturday afternoon? When you mention Nicholas Singleton, you have to mention Katron Allen because these two are splitting carries, touches, like right, right down the middle. Okay. I know that Singleton has the home run, the flashy plays, and he has, you know, he's leading the country in average at one point in time because he's able to make those big plays with his speed. Uh, Singleton does struggle to break tackles and you think he'd be a little better in the open field right now. His, his secret trick is just to turn it into the sixth gear real fast and try to get past you. That doesn't work at college football. And I think he's, he's learning that. I think he always knew that. Don't get me wrong. Um, but he has to tailor his game a little more to now that like, oh, wow, all these guys can keep up with me. And some are even a little faster than me. Not many, but some, at least right now. That's where Katron Allen comes in. Katron Allen is the guy in between the tackles. He will get you a guaranteed five yards. He's not the fastest, but he'll run over you. We saw that in Minnesota. He stuck his shoulder right through a guy and just leveled him to the ground. He's strong, he's physical, and he understands the zone blocking scheme that Penn State has maneuvered here over the past few years with Mike Yersich as the offensive coordinator. Uh, the ground game, because they're true freshmen and because of what Ohio State has in Travion Henderson, whether he's 100% or not, and Mayan Williams, Ohio State has the better running back group. But 
literally Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen, two true freshmen, have made this offense miles better of where they were a year ago. Last but not least, Ohio State's passing attack is lethal. C.J. Stroud's amazing. Marvin Harrison Jr. is doing things that I don't think he's wowing a lot of people that even saw him in practice. And they're being wowed by what he's doing on the football field. Emeka Ebuka, um, even Julian Fleming, Ohio State's receivers are amazing. Penn State's you don't pass have to defense. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you're right about that. Penn State's pass defense is going to be put to a test. It tested in a way that no other team, I do believe, in the country can test them. How, what do you expect for this matchup, the Ohio State passing attack versus Penn State's pass defense? I think Penn State fans are going to have to be okay with Kalen King, Joey Porter Jr., Johnny Dixon, whoever's out there in coverage, uh, not necessarily looking lost at points, but losing those one-on-one battles. And I think that's something that people might take for granted here, that Penn State has been so good and has had favorable matchups over the season that it is going to be a little bit of a reality check. Like, oh man, Joey Porter Jr. gave up a, a 10-yard out route. Yeah, that that happens. Uh, you're not going to win every single rep. Uh, but this is definitely the biggest test, whether it's Jash- Jackson Smith and Jigba. I know that he's been banged up. He's been out of the lineup. But you have Julian Fleming, who's emerged as of late, right? You have Marvin Harrison Jr. And I, I feel old just talking about Marvin Harrison Jr., right? I remember watching his dad play with the Colts, and now his son is tearing it up for (laughs) the team that, well, I frankly don't like the most. Um, But with that being said, I mean, this core, Egbuka, like there's options all over the place. You can't just double cover one Ohio State receiver and say, okay, we'll let everybody else beat you. On any given Saturday, that's what makes Ohio State so good. And we haven't even mentioned C.J. Stroud yet, the guy who's delivering the football Any one of those guys can beat you. So Penn State and any other team is going to struggle with taking just one guy away. And with the ground game that Ohio State has and the balance, it makes it all the even tougher. I've already kind of said and prefaced that, you know, Penn State's going to have to get into a shootout with Ohio State, and that's not going to be fun. Not at all. It will not be fun. Zach, you know what also is not fun? Excessive sweating. And I've been talking about my friends here on Locked on Buckeyes. And this one here is Pamela. Used to work with her. And Pamela would hide in the office bathroom every 30 minutes to dry off her armpits so no one would see the wet circles under her arms. She talked about it, didn't like hearing the stories. But one day she finally got her life back because she found sweat block. Pamela was able to fix her problem with sweat block. It's just that easy. Sweat block gives you the confidence to wear what you want without embarrassing underarm sweat. The sweat block wipes were featured and tested on the Rachel Ray show by firefighters. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try sweat block. Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. We all love saving money, and sweat block allows you to do it. When you use the promo code locked on, you will save 20% at sweatblock.com, also available at Amazon. Thanks for making Locked on Buckeyes your first listen of the day. For your second listen, check out Locked on Sports today. Thanks for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen as one of your top listens as well. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked on can provide. Locked on Sports today. Available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your fine podcast.
All right. I guess we'll toss it over to me then. And I get to ask you the same questions interrogate here about Ohio State. Um, I guess the first we'll start with those headlines. Ohio State, uh, I guess, imagines that they will be back in the national championship conversation and that Penn State's just a little bump in the road. So uh, with all the things that have gone right for the Buckeyes, are there any things that are on the list that might hold them back from a college football playoff championship? Who went with the big one quick? Um, holding him back from the national championship. Um, honestly, some issues with issues with the run game. I was not expecting that to be something I was going to talk about going into the season. Um, some of his kind of kind of situational play calling, being predictable when they're going to call plays and what if it's going to be a run play or a pass play. Um, not sure what rotation they're going to use. You mentioned Travion Henderson. His health has been one. His lack of being durable has been a talking point a lot of times on Locked on Buckeyes as he is not the most durable running back. If it wasn't for Mayan Williams, the Ohio State rushing attack would look a whole lot different. And so one thing that might derail them from that is literally the rushing game, the inconsistent run game. And I do a stock up, stock down report every Wednesday on the show. And on Wednesday's episode, it was stocked down on the running game because it was not up to par against Iowa. Now, granted, Iowa's defense is good, but Ohio State didn't do their job. And I'm not saying, like, they failed in execution. They failed in numerous assignments. They right. just failed, and that hurt the running game. So you want to, you don't want to consistent in, say, an air raid offense or a one-dimensional offense. Ohio State can run the ball well. Uh, there was a game that they had a five-touchdown uh, game for Mayan Williams on the ground. So they can do it. It's just can they do it consistently? I haven't seen that. And so that's one thing there where it's like the running game might be one thing that gets in the way of them winning the national championship at the end of the season. Interesting. Uh, how does, how does Ohio state see this game against Penn state? How do they see Penn state as a program? James Franklin. I, I like looking at the Michigan message boards because I had no idea that frames Janklin was a thing, but I got a good laugh out of it. So how does Ohio state see this game, see this team uh, in general? It's a big game. Like all eyes have been pointing towards <clears throat> this game, seeing Penn State, knowing you're going to be on the road, knowing it's going to be in Happy Valley, knowing that, hey, before the season, before uh, when you found out when Penn State was going to be, it was, it was, there was a discussion, this could be the whiteout game. And that just brings out the best in everybody and the fans and the announcers, uh, people like people like us. It just brings out the best. But no, it's not the whiteout game. Uh, it's a different style of celebration for the for the fans that'll be there, but not the traditional whiteout. And so the players might say, well, Penn State messed up by not making us the whiteout. Now, granted, a night game whiteout makes a whole lot more sense than a 12 noon kickoff on Fox. So I understand why it's not that way, but there's it's, it's Penn State. Like I mentioned it earlier, you circle this game every single year because Penn State always plays Ohio State in a tough way it always makes it physical and hard for Ohio State to win the game. Most of these matchups, they're, they're uh, one-point games, three, four, five-point wins, six-point wins. You're not really going to see 30-point, uh, 35-point, 20-point wins year after year after year from either team. Both teams know you going into this game, it's a big deal. And Ohio State knows they need this test because outside of this test, Ohio State really hasn't been tested at all outside of Notre Dame week one. They have not really been tested in a major way on both sides of the ball in one game. So they circled it. They understand it. I believe Ryan Day and the coaching staff, they're ready for what Penn State is going to throw at them over the weekend. 
if you're Ohio State, and I mean, you are lucked on Buckeyes, but looking at the Ohio State perspective of it as a team, what would they not want Penn State to do? Like, what is the, is it, is it sell out for the running game? Is it run cover two? Is it uh, a certain offensive scheme? Because I think Penn State's going to have to get real creative here. I don't think they can run man blitzes and expect things to go well. I think they're going to have to do a zone concept, something that, and that's what I'm expecting, honestly, right? Is that Penn State will unravel something that we haven't seen, period, just for this game. And it's the only time you're going to see it. Maybe select times throughout the season, but this is the Buckeyes game plan. And nobody else is going to have this because this has been saved for C.J. Stroud and Ohio State. So if you're Ryan Day, uh, what are you hoping is not in the game plan for Penn State? Honestly, maneuvering and changing things with the safeties is going to be huge if you're the defense side, if you're uh, Penn State and um, you're trying to figure things out with Stroud. Sometimes two-eye safety might confuse him. I don't know if the man blitz is going to be the the wisest decision. Um, At the same time, putting pressure on Stroud in different ways, consistently doing that, is going to slow him down. It happened against Iowa. It happens against other teams. Stroud, of course, most quarterbacks are not. So I'm not like saying anything as, as a as a foreign concept. Quarterbacks don't like pressure in their face. Quarterbacks don't like pressure at all. And so if the man blitz is what they do and they can, they're able to get pressure on Stroud, that might be one big way that they can actually uh, derail him. Honestly, I would probably go to a more of a, a zone concept, a two-eye safety look and try to figure things out there. Um, not saying run consistent cover two, but have a two-eye safety look and then just confuse and change and alter the coverage at that time with C.J. Stroud. Because if they can do a two-eye safety look and eventually try, eventually get uh, pressure on Stroud, that's a win for Penn State. That's a good way for Penn State to try to win this game. Um, that's a good way to slow down C.J. Stroud, Ohio State's quarterback, who I said before the season is going to, was going to win the Heisman. I'm kind of starting, starting to slowly back off that uh, conversation and that thought. Uh, cause I just don't, I think after watching him consistently, I think he's going to have to have a monster, monster game and a hydro type moment to stay at the top. It could happen this week. It, he could literally have his Heisman moment this coming Saturday to keep his name at the top of the Heisman trophy conversation. What's, uh, how does Ohio state want to attack Penn state, whether that's both offensive and defensively, they look at Penn state and they say, all right, that's the weakness we're going to expose. Uh, that's where we're going to be able to get our best plays against Penn State or make Sean Clifford, put him under pressure, and really minimize this running game, however that however that looks. I'm going to go back to the offensive side of the ball. I think Ohio State's defense is so good, no matter what Penn State's going to do, they have an answer for it. Uh, from Lathan Ransom to Ronnie Hickman to Zach Harrison uh, to Tua Malowal to Jackson. I just think this Tommy Eichenberg, I think his defense is too good. Um, I really, really think on offense, though, that if Ohio State could find a way to have a balanced offensive attack, which we really have not seen consistently all year, it's either one or the other, not both at the same time. If Ohio State can find a way to run the ball and pass the ball and to not allow Penn State to be like, oh, we're going to sell out on the run, or, oh, we got we to gotta roll coverage one way or the other. No, we're going to figure – if keeping Penn State on, the, on their toes and the defensive coaches so that they don't know what's coming next, if they can find a way to run – Henderson and Williams together uh, balance that out with a well-balanced passing attack. Honestly, that's the best formula to me 
uh, for the Buckeyes going into the game. How much better is this Jim Knowles defense? Because that was the big issue last year and why I thought Ohio State was vulnerable. And they made corrections in the middle of the season, uh, but it wasn't enough. And you saw a complete 180 of what they were to start and to finish. But now uh, Jim Knowles comes in from Oklahoma State. Uh, from what I've gathered, the the safeties have been very re- – I mean, that's that's how Knowles' defense is. They rely on heavy secondary play, especially in with the safeties. And then the linebackers have been a lot better. I this is this just my opinion, but Ohio State's linebackers have been good, but they haven't been that kind of great. Even though they are four and five stars, uh, the defense is it that much better? Is it still lingering from the effects of last year, or is that just all in the past? No, it's it's a lot better. It's head and shoulders better than what it was a year ago. Even in 2020, this defense is better than what Ohio State was in 2020. The last time I think you saw an Ohio State defense be like elite was 2019. But there's even factors of this team that are different than the 2019 team. Um, 2019 had better had better corners, easily better corners. Um, Ohio State's corners, that's one position where they've been having some injuries. Uh, Denzel Burt, Cam Brown, Jordan Hancock has only played one game. Uh, seems like everybody's been hurt in that in that room. But the defense is night and day better. Not only is it the, the scheme and what Jim Knowles brings to it and his use of the 4-2-5, and a lot of times it's a 3-3-5 where you have a three-down lineman, a D-in, and a two-point stance who is really disguising as a linebacker. You don't know where he's going to be, um, if he's going to drop in coverage, if he's in the A-gap or stay right there and more, be more of a spy, or if he's going to go in and rush the quarterback. You really don't know. But ultimately, i got to put a lot of this on the players. I know a lot of people talk about the scheme, Jim Knowles, the coach, I got to put it a lot on the players. And I say it's a lot on locked on Buckeyes. A coach can only do so much. No matter if it's James Franklin, Ryan Day, Jim Knowles, uh, Ohio State's offensive coordinator, Kevin Wilson, a coach can only do so much. A coach does not play the games. A coach is not even between the lines during every play of a regular season game. So he can only do so much. And I got to give credit to players like Zach Harrison, Tommy Eichenberg, Steel Chambers, Ronnie Hickman, Lathan Ransom. These guys that were here last year under what was a really weird, abnormal coaching situation where you have a coach get demoted in the middle of the season, but you don't fire him. You promote somebody else without really promoting him and saying, uh, without making it public that he is your D coordinator. Everybody kind of realized Matt Barnes was a D coordinator at Ohio State. He also went to be the D coordinator at Memphis during the season. He, he took that job at the end of the year. And so last year, the guys that were there, really, really weird, abnormal situation. And I give credit for them. They stuck with it. They quickly bought in. They understood what Jim Knowles is preaching. And they have the football football mind to be able to take in new things every week, to be able to properly dissect and analyze what's going on in the film session, and then be able to know how to use their own skill set to be successful on the football field in the coming week. And so I got to give a lot of credit to the players. Yes, it's a media talking point. No matter if you're uh, a writer or if you're on TV or radio or podcast, everyone talks Jim Knowles, Jim Knowles, Jim Knowles. I want to give more credit to the players because they're the ones on the field. They're the ones playing the best football. A lot of them, not all, a lot of them are playing the best football they have ever played in college. And I got to give credit to them because they're the ones putting in the work, making the plays on the football field. 
Jay, you and I have one more segment, and that's going to be our predictions and our head-to-head matchups because I want to know the X-Factor players on Ohio State's side. If it's going to be the big names, the Jackson Smith and Jigbas, the Marvin Harrison Juniors, or somebody that's going to be surprising, someone who's been off of the radar so far for the Buckeyes. It is a Locked On crossover with Jay Stevens and Zach Seiko of Locked On Buckeyes and Locked On Nittany Lions. The crossover continues. Locked on Buckeyes and Locked on Nittany Lions getting you ready for this weekend's matchup between the Buckeyes and the Nittany Lions. X-Factors, you mentioned. I got a few, but I want to ask you quickly, who are some X-Factors you have from the Penn State side of things? Oh, man. I, X-Factors are interesting to me, Just and I, and I won't go off on a complete tangent here, but when it comes to X-Factors, uh, who is the most responsible for this game? I hope people understand that clarification because it's not necessarily, oh, this this guy will have a the best performance or a good performance that will decide the outcome of the game. His performance will decide the outcome of the game, whether it's good or bad, if that makes sense. So if it's good, then it's going to be favorable for Penn State. If it's bad, it, it's going to be favorable for the Buckeyes uh, of Ohio State coming into town. So uh, at the X factor, it's Sean Clifford. It starts there. If he's going to have that costly turnover, uh, that especially because Beaver Stadium showed that they are going to boo him and they're going to boo James Franklin. And that takes a lot for any, anybody. You know, you've been leading this program. You've been put your blood, sweat and tears into all of it. And you get booed coming out of the tunnel in the whiteout game, one of the biggest games of the year for you in your final year. And I think that he's handled that pretty well. Uh, on top of that, but Sean Clifford really needs to find a way to make sure that he protects the football. Three interceptions, no fumbles so far, and, and that's been good because he's had those untimely picks, untimely turnovers, once against Purdue, but he was able to bail Penn State out of it. Uh, with that being said, it starts and ends with him. If he's going to have multiple interceptions, like you said, Ohio State, even if Penn State's able to do some things, Ohio State will never be far behind. They'll always be right in the thick of it or out in front. I guess defensively, I would say that Joey Porter Jr., Kalen King, uh, most importantly, Daquan Hardy, because you can rely on JPJ and Kalen King to be on an island, be isolated, and they're going to lose one-on-one reps. I'm not worried about that. Uh, But giving up the big play. Is there somebody that's going to be a liability in coverage? And so far it's been Daquan Hardy in the slot and it's not to criticize him because he's had good plays, but I think in a matchup like this, if you put any of those guys in the slot and he's got to be there, uh, Daquan Hardy showed that he can be exposed. Um, And I think it also boils down to more than just one player too. The reason Penn state has been as successful as it has been is because they've had the luxury of playing with the lead and forcing teams into something they're uncomfortable with. This is no uh, secret by any means, unless you've been living under a rock, but this is Penn state's formula. Get the lead as quickly as possible. Go up by two scores, something that forces a team to pass something they're uncomfortable with. Then Manny Diaz can unlock the defense and start with those blitzes. Cause you can't, you show Michigan showed that Penn state is uh, abysmal when they have to play a close game or play from behind themselves. Because if you can run the ball effectively, if you can control the pace of the game, that is how you beat Penn State. Penn State wants to put you from behind, put you in a hurry-up situation, but I feel like that's Ohio State's strength, right? So even if you put them into that box, 
they're going to break out of it. It doesn't work that way this time around. So I, I think Manny Diaz is that next X factor. Is he going to be out coached again? Because you you can say that Manny Diaz was out coached against Michigan. Uh, he's he hasn't been perfect this year, even though he's been really good and he's been a revelation for a Penn State defense. Uh, I hope they break out some new schemes. I hope they get pressure on C.J. Stroud because that's how you're going to have to do it. So I think it's Sean Clifford, Daquan Hardy, and then just the defensive scheme led by Manny Diaz as a whole. All right. So what's what's Ohio State uh, looking at? Where they uh, big big player based on my definition of it? Unless you have a different one for an X factor. No, no, no X factor to me. Um... I think it's going to have to be Mayan Williams in this one on the offensive side of things. I believe this is the kind of game where he shined earlier in the year, had 189 on the ground, five rushing touchdowns, tied an Ohio State record for most rushing touchdowns in a game, tied two other Buckeye running backs with that uh, feat. I think Mayan Williams is going to be big. You mentioned Travion Henderson. He's, I believe he's going to play. He played He played a week ago against Iowa, uh, played with the game before that. Um, even when Mayan Williams set out, uh, they said it was due to injury, but I still think they were trying to get Travion Henderson to try to uh, be more of a featured back in that in that moment. Um, I really, really think Mayan Williams, this is a game where he can really, um, more concretely than he already has done, confirm to everybody that he deserves more reps and, uh, excuse me, uh, more carries uh, as a running back. Um, I think Mayan Williams... Ohio State, I don't think I don't know if Ohio State can do what Michigan did against Penn State. I would, I'm not going to be um, that guy say, "Oh, Ohio State can do." What I don't. Think I think they, they could. I, if I'm being honest, I, I yeah. don't mean to cut you off. I think no. they could if they wanted to. I'm not saying go seven down linemen, put C.J. Stroud under center, but Ohio State, I still think has a top ten offensive line, and you can if you take P.J. if you double team P.J. Mustafer and get a hat on a hat everywhere else, and Ohio State knows this. Penn State's a little slow laterally uh, and or they're undersized. So when they try to go to the bigger bodies, you can just beat them laterally. When you go to the smaller bodies to keep up with that speed, then you can beat them right through the middle. Uh, and Michigan kind of showed that, that they were using size to beat Penn State because Penn State is a speed team. So they match up a little better with Ohio State. But even those, those front five uh, for Ohio State's offensive line, like, they're they're really they're really good, um, so that's why I think though that Penn State doesn't have that option anymore, where they can sell out completely for the run like they did against Minnesota, or sell out completely for the pass like they did against Purdue. You have to respect both sides of it. So for me, that's my biggest concern: is that how do you stop Ohio State from moving the football and then responding to it? Because I don't think Ohio State will have any problems finding the end zone, but that's just that's just me. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I, I agree with you on that final statement. Uh, X-Factor, I still got to go with Mind Williams. On defense, though, X-Factor-wise, I have a couple. It's one in the back, one in the front. Uh, Zach Harrison, again, I think he's going to continue to play elite football at Ohio State. He was one of the uh, players of the game, co-defensive player of the game from, the, from, from last week. The other, the other one was Tommy Eichenberg, who had a pick six. I believe he was second on the team in tackles in the game against Iowa a week ago. I think Zach Harris is going to be huge in this game. But then also Lathan Ransom, um, a guy who is a – I believe he's a semifinalist for the Thorpe Award. 
And he just keeps playing really good football, elite football, starting now. Uh, Josh Proctor missed the game a week ago due to an illness. Um, I still think Lathan Ransom is a better free safety over Josh Proctor on this team and just in general. Um, another one that's weird, I didn't think I'd put Jackson Smith and Jigba in this conversation, but his health is in question. The plan is to play him this weekend. I don't know if they should even think about playing him because uh, of his injury. Um, he didn't look he didn't look correct at times during the game against Iowa. Uh, he got pulled from the game, had an injury. They said he was uh, he got pulled due to a pitch count. I think it's deeper than that because when he when he went off the field, he definitely was hurt. Um, but in Jigba again, um, if he's on the field and if he is playing and if he's healthy, he could be a guy that could be a little scary on the, on the field on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, that's that's definitely the case. And while Ohio State has that luxury of it's not a matter of rebuilding, it's a matter of reloading. So even if Smith and Jigbo's been off the field, because I've heard uh, your broad, uh, broadcaster for Ohio State, Paul Keel, say this, that the Ohio State offense doesn't even need Smith and Jigba at this nope. point. It'd be nice to have them, but frankly, they haven't needed them because of Marvin Harrison Jr. I, I think Julian Fleming coming into his own, it's taken some time, but the fact that he's been uh, super reliable – has been just that for the receiving core. Yeah, I agree with you there. I definitely agree. Zach, we've done a lot of talking and discussing and breaking down of the game. Who do you think wins on Saturday? I hate to say this. You know, I like being the homer guy for Locked On Nittany Lions, but I, I have to go with Ohio State here. In 2016, I actually predicted Penn State to win that game, the whiteout setting. I thought that Ohio State had taken a step back in that moment, despite having JT Barrett back and everything. That team was just lacking. But I look across the I look across the team for Ohio State and I say, man, there's not a single weakness that you can expose. You can really only limit them. You can't really take it completely out of the game. And it's just, is Penn State going to be able to keep up with Ohio State? Because my biggest concern about Penn State is its inability to stop the run. They were top five when they went into Michigan, but that number was inflated because they've been executing that game plan of take the lead and force teams out of the run game and force them into the pass. So when you run the ball against Penn State, hey, look what happens. Um, if Ohio State's going to have that balance on Saturday, uh, they're going to go out to not an easy victory because Penn State's played them very well under James Franklin. Uh, just aside from that win in 2016, I know he's 1-7 against the Buckeyes, but they, they play them tough. I think you're going to see something different. I will go Ohio State. I, I think they can score 40 in this game. I really do. Um, but I'm going to go just short. I'll say 37 to 27 here and say that Penn State does cover, but probably because they get a late touchdown of some sort. I'm going to keep mine short and quick, a lot shorter than normal. With a lot of my comments, people at Locked on Buckeyes know I can get going and rambling about one thing for two or three minutes. I, I got Ohio State. Happened. What's that? I did just that. <laughs> yeah, it happens, man. It happens to the best of us. Uh, and I have no problem with it. 45. I want to say 45-17, oh, and I almost wanted to say 45-10. This defense is good, man. I, I have okay. no issue saying that Ohio State will have will be able to score 40-plus points. They're going to be under the season average. I believe it's close to 50 points a game right now, a shade under, a tick under 50 points a game. But I could easily see a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, then a field goal from Penn State, get you 17. I think 45-17 is the final score. 
the defense is too good, man. It's it's way, way, way too good. I will say the field goal probably comes later in the game in mop-up duty um, when some of the backups start coming in. But Ohio State needs this. People They hear people around the country talk about how Ohio State hasn't played anybody. Even though they've been dominant, they haven't played anybody. Uh, Wisconsin, Iowa, Arkansas State, Toledo. They, they've heard that chatter all season long. Yeah. yeah, they're even getting discredited for beating and for beating a Notre Dame team week one. I get it, but they need this, they need this game. A ranked opponent in Penn State, a good Penn State team. Ohio State needs this, and they can make a statement and send shockwaves around college football by beating, soundly beating the Nittany Lions over on Saturday afternoon. I, I would buy that a little more. I'm not saying like it, it couldn't happen, but if this was at the shoe. I, I yeah. definitely could see it. I think coming into Beaver Stadium, even though it's a noon game, uh, I think is going to be a little different. It's going to be the loudest environment they've seen, and they haven't played a lot of away games this year no. either. They have not. No, this will be the second of three away games this year. Still weird to think they only play uh, three away games this season. Uh, Zach Seiko, it's fun having you on, man. Uh, where can people check out Locked on Nittany Lions and uh, follow you on Twitter? Yeah, absolutely. Anywhere you get your podcasts. I mean, that's pretty standard here with the Locked On Podcast Network. On Twitter, you can follow me individually at Zach underscore Seiko. You see that uh, on the screen here if you're watching, if you're listening, Z-A-C-H-S-E-Y-K-O. And then subscribe to the YouTube page. I have the privilege to post videos now, and we'll be doing so with this one and and for future ones. So uh, it's all great. So that's how you can connect with Locked On Nittany Lions. And, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07, Locked on Buckeyes. We'll be getting you ready for uh, this weekend's game between Penn State and Ohio State. It's been circled on my calendar. I'm sure it's been circled on the players' calendars. Probably been circled on your calendar. Halloween weekend, spooky weekend, whatever you want to call it, it's here. The Buckeyes go to Happy Valley. Will they leave happy? I think the Buckeyes win. Zach thinks Ohio State wins. Do you think Ohio State wins? Jump in the YouTube comment section on either show and let us know what you think. Thanks for making this Locked On crossover your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your fine podcast.